Thank you for listening to Papercut Podcast, bringing you evocative interviews with local creatives every week from hometown heroes to hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place to see live music in Winnipeg for over 30 years. Welcome to Paper Cup Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Jordan Stranger. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, boy. I'm a visual artist. I am OG Cree Indigenous from Peguis First Nation, which is about two hours north of Winnipeg. And I live here in Winnipeg in Treaty 1 Territory. And did you move to Winnipeg? Yes, I did. Um, I moved a lot when I was a kid. How old were you? Oh, goodness. I moved here in 2000, permanently. And before that, I was living in Peguis, um, oh God, for a long time. And my dad's an artist too, so he wanted to try and make it uh, as independent artists, so we moved to Arizona for a little bit. Wow. And it didn't pan out. We crawled home in our old beater truck, and uh, yeah, so after all that, we settled in Peguis for a bit, and then my dad, he was tired of living on welfare, because that's how I grew up, like on reservation, it's... You know, there's barely uh, any jobs or opportunities. So he was living on welfare, single dad, and then he sat me and my brother down one day. It's like, what's going on? He's like, I'm gonna, we're gonna move to Winnipeg. I was like, okay. He's like, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna go to university. I'm gonna show you guys how to get a, make a living. I'm gonna show you what to do. So that's what we did. We moved here in 2000. And he was living on a, a student allowance with two growing teenage boys. Mm-hmm. And that was really tough just to watch him um, go through that university experience. And he went there for eight years. And I was just, I was able to go to the studio, the sculpture building, and be a part of like watch the shows and see what he was doing. He was in fine arts? Yeah, in fine arts. And he wanted to major in bronze. So then he did that. And I got to see it all like the full immersion of just being there. And, um, he always tell me, go to university, go to university. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, well, you just went to university. Yeah, you were there I, for I, all of it. <laughs> I see what's involved. It's like, I don't know. And I felt more um, like a graphics person. Like, I love design. I loved logos and images and graffiti and uh, clothing and apparel, like how you design it. So then, yeah, after I watched him go through all that, I, I made that choice to go to Red River uh, in about 2010. So yeah, I went from 2000, grew up, did the high school thing, and then went to college. And that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. And did you, you had a stream, like did you major in something? Or? Graphic design. Graphic design. So with Red River, it's a two-year program, and it was really t- tough, it was busy. And I wasn't very tech savvy, because I, I couldn't afford a computer at all, and I was learning as I went. And, uh, how to use a computer as well as learning how to be a graphic designer. Yeah, and That's just learning unreal. the yeah, learning the programs. Like I didn't know what Adobe was, I didn't wow. know what Photoshop was, I didn't know anything. So I was struggling with that, but I excelled in the art department, mm-hmm. which is where I literally like. That's how I was doing things in school. Like everyone knew I was a good drawer, a good uh, illustrator. Or I was keen on that. So that's where I found my uh, my style of drawing, and it was just with like pencil crayon and like black paper, and I would just give it my all. I was I was just trying to figure it out, and I started making these little lines with my pencil, 
And that's when I knew I was like, I really like this. And then I was supposed to do a project. It was a make-believe like magazine cover. And it was called Manitoba Life. And I said it could be about anything about Manitoba. So then I chose uh, like a grass dancer, like a powwow dancer. And I drew that within like five hours. I just had it in me and I showed my instructor and he was just like, whoa, where did that come from? I was like, I don't know. It just worked. And he's like, okay. And now that piece is actually sitting in the atrium downtown at the Red River campus. This, the exact same? Yeah, the same drawing. Wow. The original and they oh. framed it and it's behind the bulletproof plexiglass with, <laughs> with a something. plaque on it. And I was like, whoa, I didn't expect this. And after that, I kind of realized, like, okay, I can work with this. Like, I, I found my calling for drawing. Mm-hmm. And I drew for about five years straight after that. And a lot of long nights. And uh, my friends who are artists are like, you should have a show. You should have a show. I'm like, okay. So I had some shows with those. I went at the Graffiti Gallery. The first one was at the Edge Gallery. And I was exploring installation and all these different things with it. And... The graffiti gallery show spoke on the residential school system and the Indian Act and how awful it is. It's still a thing today. Um, after that show, I kind of wanted to step out of that. Um, um, I think it was a phase for me. Like I, I was drawing a lot and I had fun with it. You know, I was like, I want to move on to something a bit more brighter and more positive. Because when I was drawing all that, I was I, I was healing myself at the same time. When it came to letting go of like these um, stigmatism, like these stigmas of indigenous culture and, and the, the rest schools and all that stuff. So once I was done that, I wanted to simplify my message and make it more likable, more popping, I guess. And um, I wanted adults and children to really appreciate it at the same time. And I wanted it to be indigenous, so I started just painting on these little self-taught. I never knew how to paint. And I just kind of... I, I'm a visual learner, so I'd watch people. And I would just start on these little post-it notes with little ideas, keep it simple, and then apply it on a big piece. And I started painting just traditional things that I'd been taught. Traditional indigenous um, beliefs or symbols. And I wanted to leave them around the city, so I went and I wheat pasted them and I would put them up around town. And people started to see them. And they're like, whoa, like, this is really cool. Like, we've, this is dope. Like, are these prints? I'm like, no, this is an original painting. I just put it up on the wall and. Wow. They were like, why aren't you selling this? I'm like, I don't want to sell it. Like, I just wanted to do this to spread that knowledge and make it a little brighter out there. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, after that, I got contacted by Chloe and Andrew from Synonym Art Consultation, and like, hey, would you ever think of doing a mural? I'm like, um, sure. <laughs> I haven't really done it yet. Like, it all came so suddenly. So and then, this is all very recently. Yeah, like maybe within two years. That's incredible. And I just, yeah, I, I went with it. They got me a gig at the Forks. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what? The Forks? It was so wild. I was like, what, what's happening? And then um, I had a mentor, Pat Lazo. Yeah. He kind of like just guided me through the steps on how to do a mural and how to get it done efficiently and where to get the paint and where to get the supplies. And Can you break down some of the steps? 
Oh, for murals? Yeah. Um, well, it starts with the idea. If you're working with a client, you know, you have to listen to what they want. And it's really nice when clients allow you to have a freedom to um, um, shape their idea. And um, when they're good with it, it's like, okay, we'll go with that. I'll draw it. And then I'll put it in the computer. I'll put it in a program. I'll digitize it. And we'll figure out the colors on the computer. And mm. it's all broken mm. down. It's all laid out on a piece of paper so that whoever's helping me has like a roadmap. So I, I'll give my, you know, my other people like, okay, this is it. And they're like, okay. And they're looking through it. And like, all right, this looks good. But before we even get to the painting, you have to put it on the wall. And projections usually really quick. Because okay. all the work's done already. It's already drawn out. You can scale if it's like a tight situation where you can't project. So then you would scale it onto the wall bit by bit. But if you project it after you prime it, you project it and then you just start laying the color. And then after it's just the black line after that. And that's the tedious part because you want it to look sharp. So when people come around and you're just laying color down, they're like, oh, this looks sloppy. Like, they're not impressed. <laughs> it's like, it's not done yet. <laughs> Picture, yeah. Yeah, it's just give it some time. Mm -hmm. And when it's done, it's like, whoa, this is crisp. This looks great. So from those first two murals at the Forks, uh, the Eagle and the Thunderbird, I learned a lot. Like, I was just like, whoa. Again, I was learning on my feet. Like, I was like, what's happening? And after that, I did that mural on Main Street in Sutherland, um, right, right next to D. Barcy's on the Sutherland Hotel, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the big rainbow on it, and then the eagle and the, oh, yeah. the fish and the horse. I drive past it on my way to work every day. Yeah, it's the beautiful. big yellow wall. Yeah. And that was a busy time. It was my first outdoor mural, and I, I was my first time on a lift. Like operating that and oh, getting training for an entire day to do that. It was and it started snowing, so we're up on the lift, like trying to figure this out in the snow, and every step of it was just so like awesome. I was just learning as I was going every step of the way, and being surrounded by all these other artists, like we're all doing the same thing. It's like what is going on? Like this is all happening within like six months, and oh my goodness! And I I was just following my, I guess following my my gut instinct. Like this is the right way to go. Like mm -hmm. people see what I'm trying to do and I'm going to do my best and they believed in me and that's a that's huge for an artist for people to say things and comment and say how much oh this really brought me this really made me feel good to see you do this it's like wow and that's why I do it I put out that energy for people to, to have so once I'm done a mural it's not mine anymore that's my mentality I don't go around bragging about it. I'm very humble. I don't like telling people what I do that much because as soon as they see that, like, oh, you do stuff or oh, you're this or oh, you're that. I'm like, no, I'm just me. I just did that. You know, like, I, it's for the people. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. And that's my always been my intent from the very beginning. So any project I do, even if it's a logo or for anything, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for the praise. But I'm like, that's for those people. That's not for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I carry myself very carefully when it comes to that because there's energy in everything you do. Mm -hmm. And I want to put that energy out there for others because I already had it. I'm done with that now. I'm on to the next one. I'm on to the next one and so on.
And and speaking on to the next one that leads us up to Festival de Voyageur, mm-hmm. which you did the logo for, mm-hmm. and that opportunity you were mentioning earlier had come from uh, the murals at the Forks, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you speak on how that opportunity all came about? Uh, well, the first two at the Forks was like 2018, and then it was Manitoba 150 coming up this year, and um, they like Chloe and Andrew from Synonym they reached out again and they said hey the Forks wants to finish that aisle they want to fill all of them you want to are you up for that and it's Manitoba 150 like they understood that it's a sensitive subject for indigenous people it's like no I'm okay with that like I think it's time that we started thinking differently you know we need to move on even though there's things that have to change still we have to be the proactive in this approach so I said I'll do it and they're like okay great and I got some friends to help me. Uh, Ilana Pichon from Montreal. She usually comes back and does work here in Winnipeg too. She's a professional muralist, amazing. I learned so much from her while finishing off those other ones in the Forks. And then uh, Monique Laplante and my, my friend Matthew. They're all very, very good people that I wanted to surround me at that time. It's like, I need your help because I know, you're, you know you have good intentions. So we completed them. And everyone loved it. Like everyone was like, "Oh my God, these look beautiful! Like this is great." And I guess word reached Festival, and they just messaged me through Instagram, like, "Hey, this is the only place we could find your contacts. Let's like, here's our number. We should talk. We 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 want your art to be the face of our festival this year." It's like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" <laughs> like it was like a month after we did the, the murals. Mm-hmm. So that was in July, and like in um, September. I think they messaged me. It's like, okay, let's get started. And they went about it with like a lot of integrity. They were very careful. They were very humble. And I met up with them at their head office there and met everybody. We had a big meeting. And that was the meeting I was supposed to like pick up all the like the information I needed to create the logo. And I let them all talk. Like everyone took their turn. They were all talking about what it means to them and how important the festival is and um, the importance and focus on inclusion of Indigenous and First Nations people and um, you know the goals and targets they were trying to reach and um, I was just sitting there taking notes the whole time I was drawing, doing little doodles and I was kind of getting it already while they were talking so it finally came to me and, and they are like so Jordan what do you think? I was like, <laughs> um, it's done they're like what? Like everyone was freaking out. The whole room people was like, it's done. Get out of here. I'm like, it's done. It's right here. I'm not showing you yet. (laughs) (laughs) So I I went with what I had drawn right there and came up with like four versions of different ideas put into each one and presented them with that uh, at another meeting and we chose one that went with what they were looking for and they were very good at like very great clients. Like they were just like, this is fine like we just need a little bit of this like add maybe one or two of these things and you're great and then we went on to creating the final version and presented it a couple tweaks and it was ready to go and it was all done within about a month Mm -hmm. so it was very quick very quickly done and we had they had their goals they needed to reach and when they announced it it was just like wow like this is something like I haven't done this before. Like, this is really cool. Like, I've done logos before, but not on this scale. Right. And just that level of importance that was put on it was very humbling for me. 
It's like I'm an indigenous person and I did this and everyone's willing to work together. And that's what the whole idea was. Is that, that Fort Gibraltar has been there forever. It's been there a long time. It was like a main trading place and all these peoples met there to do things. So that's that's how important it was for me to look at it in that perspective and and treat it that way with respect to all those people that came before us you know and that's that's where I hold myself it's like I I'm just here because of what they did before you know I wouldn't be here without them so yeah I always keep that in mind yeah the logo turned out great <laughs> um, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong but there's also sort of like a um, like a moving version of it yeah that like, was that you or was that somebody else that had designed no, that? No, someone else did the animation for that. Animation, that's the word, yeah. Yeah, for the video, like the announcement video. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like they hired their own people to do other things. Mm -hmm. I was the guy to do the, um, the logo and like outdoor advertising. Because that's what I do full time. See, I don't just do art all the time. Mm -hmm. So nine to five is doing advertising nationally throughout Canada. For, for what are you allowed to talk about? Yeah, I work for Pattison Outdoor Advertising. Oh. So anything that has that blue Pattison thing yeah. on it, that's who I work for. Mm -hmm. So I do all the graphics for that, and then they ask, like, can you do ads? I was like, sure. Because they're going to advertise with Pattison anyways. So I did the creative, and I gave it to them. And like, this is great. This is perfect. And I was like, awesome. Like, <laughs> this is perfect. A uh, question about Pattison quickly. I've seen uh, some ads with... Like they have, it's a, it's an ad for Patterson with, and I think you know where I'm going with this, where it's like in the ocean and then there's like the whale swimming by and then there's a billboard in the ocean that has like shrimp on it. Uh -huh. Was that you? No. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, no. Like, always do you know those? Yeah, yeah. Those really odd Patterson. That was my boss. Um, like. I just found them so funny. They love doing <laughs> weird stuff like that. Like, and everyone asks about it. They're like, what's going on with that right. billboard? And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like, my boss did it. Like, they, they just try people to see that idea behind it was like the big picture. That's the theme behind those ads. Right. And, and then my boss was asked to do that. He was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. But I do like tons of other types of ads. It's just endless real estate, especially. So, um, when you're designing ads for, for corporate versus, you know, your own personal or commissions where you get to add more um, of your artistic flavor. Um, what changes in your process when you go from uh, one to the other? Well, first off, there's more freedom when you're doing your own stuff because, goodness, like someone will bring a newspaper ad, they'll scan it and they'll send it to us. They want this on the ad. I'm like, that's not going to work. It's like your phone number, your email, and all this stuff, and no one's going to be able to see that within six seconds. No one's going to remember who you are. So I have to deal with what the client wants all the time. But when it comes to my stuff, it's like, okay, all it needs is a website. That's it. And then your personal graphics and whatever you're doing. So when I thought of the festival ads, they just wanted the website and the date. I was like, you guys are awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, perfect clients. And they're like, do whatever you want with it. Like create the environment you feel. And that's what I did. So you, they're probably going to be starting very soon, putting those up, like big vertical boards and like the horizontals. Is it strange, or I should, I guess I should say, surreal seeing your pieces, murals, um, this logo that's going to be everywhere around the city? Is it strange seeing that stuff? Um, I get that question a lot. 
like a lot of people are like wow like you become so big or you're you're, you're well known and what does that feel like you're saying i'm like um it doesn't feel weird or surreal i think it's more it comes with the territory like if you're constantly and if you know you you've lived a life like i've lived a life of struggle and uh, ad- adversity and perseverance coming from where i do um, I've worked very hard to get to this point. I know how much it took for me to be here physically and to see my stuff. I know that I put a lot of work into it and all that energy. I believe in that stuff. And when I see it out there, when I keep seeing people talk about it or share it or mention it, I'm like, that's great. You know, like, this is good. Like it's doing what it was supposed to do. It's spreading that energy. It's spreading that positivity. And that was my goal. And I'm glad people accept it because, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't pan out and you never know what happens once you create a project or do a thing. So, so far it's been successful and um, I get, you know, inquiries for other things and I go ahead with the same approach. I don't think, oh, it's going to be everywhere. I don't think, oh, this is going to be on t-shirts. I'm awesome. Like, no, (laughs) that's not what I'm about. I was like, I'm here to do one job. And I'm going to go home and go to bed after, you know, I ride my bike to work and I ride it home. I don't think of it as an ego thing. I don't think of it as some famous or popular that you'd be going backwards if you were doing that. So yeah, it's, um, it's taken a lot of work to get to this point and I just, I'm ready to keep on pushing and working hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always tell my friends that work hard, don't stop. So that is a lesson. I guess, like you're like sitting down with your father and saying, I'm going to show you how this mm-hmm. is done. And in such a, it, like setting an example, it seems that that's something that you're also trying to do, like a, a setting an example and moving forward sort of thing. Is that something that you, that you would agree with? I think so. It comes with it, yeah. Because like, yeah, my dad showed me the ways and um, gave me that... Um, backbone you know to keep on pushing and when it comes to how indigenous people see me um i i'm not trying to get them to see me i'm trying to show the youth too trying to show those that are coming that haven't been born yet like it is possible for you to be successful coming from where i come from i know that's very important thing (laughs) to uh (laughs) it's a very important thing to um to know as a young person and uh I want to be an example in some ways. I mean, I'm not perfect. It's just, I want to be... You could have fooled us. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I want to, you know, I just, I want to show everybody that whatever you set your mind to, whatever you believe in, it's possible. It's it's a state of mind. Mm -hmm. You have to move past whatever's holding you back. And in that example that you're trying to set will be much better for it. So it's a whole circle thing for me. It comes around and you put put that energy out there and it comes back to you in some ways. And you embrace it and you say, okay, now I can move on to the next one. It's just um, when I see the struggle in the city with um, the meth crisis and the homeless people and all the bad things that are out there. Um, one day I was doing a mural project and nothing was working out properly and I was frustrated I was driving back past this hotel downtown and this native woman came stumbling right onto the street in front of me and I had to slam my brakes 
and I saw her and she was just out of it and I drove off and at that moment I realized like this is why I work so hard because these people are suffering out there and I think of them all the time I want to work hard for our people for everybody who has suffered for all those that can't be here today because of the system we were put in and I want to work very hard for my son who is five and for my family because we've all come from very difficult uh, upbringings and backgrounds especially growing up on the reserve it's gotten better with awareness and technology but I have to think of all of these things before I start a project because it kind of um, it gives me that um, in encouragement always to remember where you come from and know that not everybody's in the best place and do it for them don't do it for you like I said I do it for the people mm -hmm. it gets very deep with me and mm -hmm. some of my friends yeah. are like oh you're way too deep like they get all you know like they, they feel that it's like well that's that's who I am so I'm going to keep doing that mm -hmm. so is your is your father creating art still is he an artist yeah professionally yeah Wayne Stranger he's uh, he's he's living in Pegasus right now he has his foundry in his garage and he just did a statue for Sagging First Nation of a, a life-size jingle dress woman dancer, mm -hmm. all bronze, for the missing and murdered Indigenous women in their community. So it was a very, excuse me, it was a very emotional project going throughout, and it took a year to make. And he is, uh, he's going to be very busy too in the next couple of years. Um, he's got some projects lined up as far as bronze goes and um, selling smaller pieces, producing at a bigger rate. And uh, yeah, he's like, I always go to him for advice on things like for art. And um, we usually sit by a, like a fire and we talk about these things at a sacred place. And because it's what our hearts desire, that's what we are. We're artists and we need to be able to share and um, bring that energy within us ourselves too because we do get burned out and as artists we're always doing and creating and working and I'm always doing it for others and yeah he's been one of the biggest influences in my life for art or life in general mm -hmm. yeah big and time. is your brother an artist as well my brother no my brother's not my sister used to be mm -hmm. um, but her daughter my niece is starting to really take into that art side which is amazing. Like she just painted me a little painting on Christmas, like right there. And she brought it to me. I was like, whoa, this is like, you did this within 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have a family full of artists, especially in Peguis. Um, a few other uncles that have had success with it. And I'm just trying to keep doing what I'm doing. And um, my belief is that you should be able to do everything, not just one type or one thing so whether it's design or painting or drawing or sculpture or installation or animation uh, I'm st I've still got a lot of things that I want to get to mm -hmm. and I have another show in mind within the next year and a half I hope so yeah there's a lot going on for me as far as art goes are you starting to see artistic tendencies in your son Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he loves to draw. Like whenever he comes over, he's like, "Can I draw?" So like, okay, he'll pull out the sketchbook, and we'll both sit there and we'll draw, and he'll just 
giver like he's just drawing whatever and i'll like i'll ask him like what, what's this and what's that and why did you think of this and how come you wanted to draw that and i'll write the names down and all that of what he's doing and just track his progress as he develops as a little human because it changes from month to month when they're that young mm-hmm. and just keeping track of his development and as far as art goes he's he really has a grasp for what color is and what space is, which is amazing. Yeah. When kids know that level of space on the page and how to use it, it's like, whoa, you're just crazy. Like, you wouldn't, I, I see that a lot in like grade seven or grade eight. But when little kids are so into it, they just feel that they have so much raw energy coming from them and it's transferred onto paper. It's like, you impress me like you know like i not just because he's my son i see it in other kids too mm-hmm. so yeah it's 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 a it's a trip are there some things that you've noticed like common themes that you're also interested like some really like have you taken from his art or see him uh oh, draw some of the things that you draw i think his uh, right now it's just his style like his very, he's very free-flowing and I'm so like detailed and to the point and on the line and within the borders and um, he reminds me to take it easy like, yeah keep it loose sometimes and that's what I have been exploring with my painting at the moment is to just be more expressive and um, yeah he's been teaching me a lot about that super cool <laughs> um, I, I've got one more question sure go ahead um, so I might have another one too, but you can go first. Yeah, no, so problem. <laughs> um, the indigenous arts community in Winnipeg, it's, it seems like it's very tight-knit. We've had a chance to speak with Dee mm-hmm. um, and Peter as well. How important is that to a city like Winnipeg? And are there similar communities, or is that kind of exposure make it to Peguas and other First Nations? Well, the importance of it is uh, very high. I think it's really good that we have a solidarity. We have that group of people and that we all support one another. We all do. Like we usually meet up, we talk, we share, and we encourage one another. No, um, Daniel too. Yeah, like Daniel, yes, Daniel great guy. And as far as it reaching communities, um, I know that it does. It's just uh, right now in Peguis, um, it's... It's difficult. It's a different... I don't want to say it's bad. It's just it's a different perspective when you live there. And um, I think the respect for art depends on where you go, honestly. Um, For instance, no need to call anyone out, but they don't have an art program at the school. At all. On my reserve. Hmm. And I was very offended by that. It's like, what else do these kids have to do? They have nothing other than basketball in the winter, and not everybody plays sports. So I'm going to make a point to doing things with the kids out there and show them that art is an answer for things because the adults here clearly don't understand that perspective. And um, yeah, um, when Indigenous people see the art and when they appreciate it, I'm very happy about that because it's it's what our people have been doing for thousands of years. Cave paintings have said these things. It's a display of what they were communicating and it's been around for a long time and I think that with our efforts like with um, like even Norval Morrison, Daphne Ojuk, all the greats of back in the day were trying to make indigenous art the face of our history they were trying to communicate that this isn't just a museum piece this is art this is life it's who we are and with Dee and Peter and the others that we're trying to spread that 
that uh, that culture to make it more prevalent and put it in people's faces it's like it's right here it's in your backyard you live here so so are we and we want to share it with you we're not trying to encroach we're not trying to hurt anybody we're doing it with the wholeness of our hearts and that's the approach that i think everybody should take with their art and not to make a profit you know you have to benefit from it spiritually and emotionally first and then you can go out there and you know do your thing mm-hmm. yeah. I, I was having a conversation with you a while back at the yeah. goodwill do you remember this yes, conversation? I remember. Yeah. and something that i found really interesting that you were explaining to me is that every time you put your pencil or paintbrush or something to the canvas whether it's paper or mural or something all of those things have an intention Mm -hmm. and a story behind them can you explain a little bit what you how you decide what you're going to paint or draw Mm. it's usually things i haven't shared yet and if it's a story about an animal or a season or a, a fruit or a uh, an area um, I'm sharing things that I had backlogged from when I was a child because I grew up very traditionally so I, I've attended a lot of sacred ceremonies and I've been to a lot of sacred places and I've been told and taught by many elders and other people and I had all these things in my head so I tried to that's all I'm trying to do and tying that in with my graphic art background and simplifying your messages I'm trying to just share what I've experienced in my life. And it's not um, terribly specific. Like, I don't think, oh, I want to do that. It's just like, oh, I think I'll just, I was thinking of this today and I'll just draw it. It's all sporadic and spontaneous. And it fluctuates from style to line to color. And however I draw it is how I'll color it. Now, I never know color ever until I start painting it. It's just like, I'll look at it, I'll think of the relationships between color, and then I'll do that. I'll go with how it feels and follow my instinct. And um, I don't try to think about what it is before I draw it because I don't want um, what people think to affect that. It's like, what are people going to think of this if I do this? It's like, mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter. It's who I am, who I want, what I want to express. And just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, well, uh, that you're saying that it's a, it's what you want, but then once what you've created and want is there, now it's for mm-hmm. everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, such a, such a raw expression of yourself, but as a gift to other people. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Well, thanks. That's pretty, aren't you, are you nervous ever? Never. No. <laughs> I'm nervous for you. Uh, are you sweating right now? No, I'm chill. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. Well. So you have, um, do you have any other projects? You said there was a, a gallery idea perhaps in the next year and a half, but mm-hmm. is there any other things that are lined up for you yet or? Um, working with community a bit more in the spring. And, nice. Um, another mural planned. Um, and another project I can't talk about and uh, some other things down the road from that other than producing the body of work I need for the next show which will start um, probably in the fall Um, yeah just um, keep plugging up my work that I'm doing and uh, 
let's see what else comes up. I just have one more quick thing. Mm -hmm. um, you were mentioning when you came in that you hadn't painted in three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Took a little break. That seems like... Uh, I, I don't know why that shocked me for some reason. I Are you constantly producing work? I try not to. Like, after my art show I had, mm -hmm. um, it was very tiring. So I, I tried not to. I think... About a week and a half ago, I, I went to the studio and I I was just trying not to paint. <laughs> and I ended up getting paint and putting it on the canvas. And I think when I say I don't want to paint, it's more like I don't want to do something for a certain thing. I want to just be free to fool around. Mm -hmm. That's less exhausting. There's certain levels I put in, an attention into something. But yeah, um, really, I haven't really painted for what, maybe two weeks solid. Mm -hmm. And that's mainly just because I'm tired. My brain gets tired. My my spirit gets exhausted. My body is tired. It's like I want to provide. And people keep asking, like, when are these things going to come out? Or when are you going to get prints? And when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do that? I'm like, it's a, it, first of all, it costs money, you know? And second, I'm tired. I need breaks. I need to rest my body. And that's a very important thing to do. And I was also missing my friends and missing my family. And people are like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm at the studio, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to make that time. And as an artist, it's challenging because you're always trying to make and you're always trying to be with people because they want to see you. I'm like, I can't. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a balance. Mm -hmm. And once you get it down, you're able to produce at a regular level. But like I said, this has all happened within two years. Yeah. yeah. So it's been pretty tiring for me. Well, we're happy that you were able to put the pen down long enough to chat with yeah. us today. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Take a little break. <laughs> no problem. No, thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you. That was fantastic. You go ahead. And thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with, with us on Paper, Paper Cut, Cut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.